faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. That's what James 2.17 says. But as we're going through the book of Galatians, we learn that Paul says faith alone is enough for salvation. Well, do these verses contradict each other? If so, which is right? Welcome to Through the Bible. Today, our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, tackles these important questions and more as we continue our five-year adventure through God's entire Word. I'm Steve Schweitz, welcoming you aboard the Bible bus as we depart for Galatians chapter 3. And while you get your seat and find your place in God's Word, we have a minute or so to hear some letters from listeners on the Arabic Bible bus. First is a text from Nassim in the Middle East. After listening for 10 years to your program, I have decided to send you a message, Nassim says. I can't remember a night when I haven't listened to you. You are the only source of nourishment and growth in my spiritual and daily life. I have been through many hardships, and you have been my counselor, encouraging me to hang on the promises found in God's Word. I would not have come out of these difficulties if not for the light of your program that kept shining through my nights. And next, we got a note from a listener, this one in Egypt. I've been listening to your program for many years on the radio and now on the app. Thank you for helping me get closer to the Lord. Through your teaching, I have fallen more in love with Jesus than with the sin in the world. The more I spend time with you, my temptations grow less and less. Thank you for the excellent teaching. And then our next letter comes also from Egypt, from Saeed, who recently wrote this. At 18, I began to realize how unmerciful my religion was and how angry people became as they studied it deeper. That's when I started looking for the true God and reading about the life of Jesus. To my surprise, Jesus was totally different than the story and ideas taught to us. Jesus came to earth not looking for prestige or thrones and surely didn't come here to form a state. He came to sacrifice himself for our human race and to save us from our sins. And then Saeed continues, I looked more and more into the faith and found your program that teaches the Word of God thoroughly and helps us to apply it to our lives. I am now 23 years old and won't deny that I'm scared of the unknown because I do not know anyone else that has left the religion of Islam. But despite my fear, I will not let go of my Jesus, and I know he will make a way for me. Wow, that was some powerful truth from Saeed, wasn't it? And then last we hear from a listener in Algeria, he writes, I thank the Lord and you that I have come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. I am an ex-Muslim from Algeria and regularly listen to your program. I have followed your advice and found the app for my phone. Thank you for sharing the truth with me. Well, those are some certainly meaningful letters, and our God is simply amazing, isn't he? Well, if you're encouraged by these testimonies, we'd love for you to join our world prayer team as we pray for more listeners to join us in Arabic and more than 200 languages around the world. It's really such a privilege to do that. I'd encourage you to join today. The address to sign up is ttb.org forward slash pray. And let's pray together now as we begin our study of God's word together. Heavenly Father, thank you that when we come to faith in you, you are so gracious to save us. We pray that as your word goes out today, many more will trust in you. In his precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now here's our study in Galatians 3 on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Now, friends, we're back today in the third chapter of Galatians, verse 8, where we're looking at Abraham as the great illustration of justification by faith. And he stands in the Scripture everywhere as that illustration. Because, you see, Abraham was justified by faith, 
long before the law was given. In fact, over 400 years before the law was given. And I do not think anyone would say that he was justified by the Mosaic law. In fact, they couldn't say that. And therefore, when you and I trust Christ, we're saved the same way that Abraham was saved. And that means that we're saved by believing and by trusting Christ as our Savior. I think that's very important for us to see. Now, I want us to move today down to verse 8, and I want to read verse 8. And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel under Abraham. Well, if faith without works, you see, was sufficient for Abraham, why should we desire something different? And as the blessing is not to Abraham's law works, but to his faith, why should we turn from faith to law works? And here we read in the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. He preached the gospel to Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Now, there are two things that I'd like to call attention to here that we think are rather important. Of course, one of them is this. When did God preach the gospel to Abraham? Well, you'll notice the illustration we used last time was the quotation that was from the 15th chapter of Genesis. Now, that was at the beginning of the life of Abraham. That is his life of faith. Now, when you come to this next verse here, verse 8, when did God preach the gospel to Abraham? And the quotation that is given there, in these shall all nations be blessed, well, you've got to turn to the end of the life of Abraham. That's over in the 22nd chapter of Genesis. And at verse 17, after Abraham had offered Isaac upon the altar. Now, I say he offered him. He was in just a hair's breadth of doing that thing when God stopped him. And God counted he'd done it because he demonstrated that he had that faith in God. He was believing God could raise him from the dead, the writer to the Hebrews says. But now let me read Genesis 22:17. Now, after this episode, God says that in blessing, I will bless thee, and in multiplying, I'll multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemy, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Now, the important thing is, this man obeyed the voice of God. He didn't go through with it. God wouldn't let him. And he was willing to go through with it when God commanded it. And when God says stop, he stopped. Why? Because he obeyed the voice of God. Now, he demonstrated, actually here, by his actions, that he had the faith that when it says back in the 15th chapter, he believed God and it counted to him for righteousness. Now, there are some people that are troubled because they feel like there's a contradiction in the Scripture between Paul and James. Because over in the second chapter of the book of James, it says in verse 20, and I read beginning there, "...but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works?" 
when he had offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar. Now, I hope that you can see here that God says, and Paul writes here, Abraham was justified by faith. And that was at the beginning of his ministry, and here at the end of his ministry, why this man James says he was justified. How? By works, because he offered up Isaac his son upon the altar. And now he goes on and says, Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was made perfect. John Calvin used to put it like this, Faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. In other words, a saving faith is a dynamic, vital faith that leads to works. Now, not works of law. And I hope you understand here, when James says, Abraham our father was justified by works, what kind of works? The works of faith, friends. Faith produces works. And this idea today of trying to say works will save you, you get the cart before the horse. In fact, some of them put the horse in the cart. But the important thing is to see justified by faith and it leads to works. And it did in the life of this man. And I believe that before God, he sees our heart. He knows whether we've trusted Christ or not. And friends, he knows whether you're genuine or not. And for that reason, I like to say to church members today, then why don't you be genuine? He knows whether you are or not. You can fool the people in the church. You can fool your neighbors. You can put up a pious front. But why not be real and have a lot of fun in it all? And you don't have to put on. You can be real and trust Christ as your Savior. And that is the thing that's so important. And that will produce works. A living, dynamic faith will do that. Now, you will notice here that careful reading of the passage here in James reveals that James uses the history of Abraham to show that faith without works is dead. In fact, this is the last time God appeared to him. And not that portion that Paul refers to here in Galatians when he says he's justified by faith. Paul says faith alone is sufficient and proves that assertion by Abraham's history as found in the 15th chapter of Genesis. Now, James says that faith without works is dead and proves it by Abraham's history as found in the 22nd chapter of Genesis. If Abraham had welched in the 22nd chapter, said, wait a minute, I don't believe you like that. I don't really believe you. I've been putting on all these years. Then it would have been obvious that his faith was a pseudo-faith, but it was a genuine faith back in the 15th chapter, and God knew it that. Now, the works that James speaks of are not works of law at all. The law hadn't been given then, friends. We need to recognize that. And he says here in verse 23, "...the Scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him, or imputed to him for righteousness." Now, James says that. Well, he's going back now, you see, to the reference that Paul gives at first. Then Paul says the gospel was preached to Abraham when? At the end of his life, when God made this promise to him. Now, there's no contradiction when you examine these passages like that, between Paul and James. They are saying the same thing. One is looking at faith at the beginning. The other's looking at faith at the end. Or one's looking at the root of faith. The other's looking at the fruit of faith. The root of faith is faith alone saves you. 
But that saving faith produces something. Or again, John Calvin says, faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. Now, that's very important to see. Now, let me move on down here in verse 9. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. The word faithful here should be believing, believing Abraham. In other words, God saves the sinner today on the same basis that he saved Abraham. That is, he asked of the sinner faith. He asked Abraham to believe him that he would do certain things for him. He asked you and me to believe that he's already done certain things for us in giving Christ to die. And so faith is the modus operandi by which you and I are saved. Now, verse 10, "...for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them." Now, if you'll notice here, the word continueth, that is the important word. Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Now, I'm willing to grant that maybe there was a day in your life you felt very good and you were on top of the world and you were seeing everything's coming up daisies. And on that day, while you walked with the Lord, you didn't stump your toe. And then you say, well, because I did that, God saves me. But I'd like to ask the question here, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. How about that? Do you keep the law 24 hours every day, seven days a week, 52 weeks out of the year in thought, word, and deed? My friend, the law could only condemn and will condemn you when you let down. And if you're a human being, you let down. I'm almost sure you do. Not walking on top of the world all the time. I know there's a preacher, and he's a very fine preacher. He's always going around saying, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And someone asked his wife one day, says, Is he like that all the time? And she said, No, says he has bad days. We all have bad days, don't we? And if you're going to come under law, my friend, you just will have to be under law. And if you have a good day, you're not going to be rewarded for that. Suppose that I keep all the laws of Pasadena where I live for 20 years. And I've been living here 20 years. And I guess maybe when the policeman's not looking sometimes, you know, if I'm in a hurry, I speed up a little. And I know now I'm going to get letters. I mentioned that once before. And oh, did I get lectures. And I hope these people who lecture me, I hope that they're keeping all of the rules and regulations also. But may I say to you, Maybe I have kept them all. Let me say that. That's a better illustration. Twenty years, I keep all the laws. Well, suppose I wait out at my house. Well, I've kept the laws for 20 years. I feel like the officials of Pasadena ought to come out and give me a medal. My friend, they don't give you a medal for keeping the law. But suppose I keep it perfect for 20 years. And then in that day after the 20th year, I go out and I really break the law. Suppose I steal. Suppose I break the speed limit. You know what's going to happen? They're going to arrest me. They're going to arrest me. <laughs> you see, the law doesn't reward you. It doesn't give you life. The law penalizes you. Faith, my friend, gives you something. 
In other words, if you're saved by faith. And that's the important thing, you see. Now, you're to continue in it if you're going to be under law. Now, he says, verse 11, "...but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it's evident, for the just shall live by faith." Friends, even the Old Testament taught that you're saved by faith. It never said you're saved by law. You couldn't mention anybody this morning or today or this year. You can have a whole year to think it over. And if you find that somebody living back under the law was saved by keeping the law, let me know. I've never been able to find anybody that got saved by law. You know, at the heart of the Mosaic system was that sacrificial system. That was very important. That's what made Moses' face shone as it did. He put a veil over his face when it began to disappear. But I tell you, for a time there, it did shine because he rejoiced that God could extend grace and mercy to people, even under law. And that's the only way he saved people under law was by grace and mercy. And in Habakkuk, it says, the just shall live by faith. This is Habakkuk 2, 4. And by the way, that is quoted three times in the three major doctrinal epistles in Galatians, here, in Romans, and in Hebrews. And there's a particular emphasis in each epistle. The just, that is justification, is emphasized in Romans. Shall live, that is Hebrews, the 11th chapter of Hebrews, for instance. The just shall live by faith. And as we are seeing here in Galatians, the great emphasis is upon by faith. Now, will you notice, he goes on to say, And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Now, this is also an important verse. Faith and law are contrary principles for salvation and also for living. One cancels out the other. They're diametrically opposed to each other. If you're going to live by law, be saved by law and live by law, then may I say to you, you can't be saved by faith. You can't combine them. They're contrary. It's just like when my daughter visited us down in Florida, we really wanted to go back by train. And that was just when the trains were beginning to phase out. And we went down and tried to get a train route back. Well, we had to go halfway around the world to go from Florida back to California. At least you'd have to go through Chicago. And I didn't want to go through Chicago, and she didn't either. So we had to come back by plane. And when I got the tickets, she said, oh, I wish we could go by train. I said, wouldn't it be nice if we could go both ways? Wouldn't it be nice if we could sit in the plane, put our feet down in the train, and go back that way? But, you know, that's absurd. You can't go both ways. If you're going to go by plane, you're going by plane. If you're going by train, you're going by train. You're not going to sit in the plane and put your feet down in the train. They've got no arrangement like that. And God has no arrangement for you to be saved by faith and by law. You're going to pick one or the other, friends. If you want it by law, then you can take it. But I advise you that he's already said you won't make it. He's already made that clear. Now he says, here again, the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Now he says, listen to this here, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. You see, the law condemned us. You might keep it for, like I said, 20 years here. And they don't reward you here in Pasadena for keeping a law. And I don't imagine they do that in your town either. Believe me, if you break it, they will arrest you. 
And Christ hath redeemed us from the penalty of the law. Why? Being made a curse for us, he bore that penalty. For it's written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now, this is a remarkable passage of Scripture. It's remarkable for several reasons. One reason is the children of Israel did not use this method of public execution, that is, hanging on a tree. They stoned them to death. My wife noted something over that. Frankly, I hadn't noted it, but when she went over with me, she said, you know, I often wondered why they used stoning in that day. She said, now I know. And says, anywhere you turn in this land, there are plenty of stones. And the rockiest land in the world is Israel. And it was a very good method because all you had to do is just step outside your door and there it was. And that was the method. But there was a way of treating criminals who were outstanding criminals, who were actually horrible criminals. And to make them a spectacle, this is what they did. Deuteronomy 21, 23. I'm reading now the law. His body, that is, if a man, he said, commits a sin worthy of death, and he'd be put to death, thou hang him on a tree. His body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any ways bury him that day. For he that is hanged is accursed of God. That is, if he's committed an awful crime, after he's been stoned to death, you take that body and string it up on the tree that it might be a spectacle. But don't leave it there overnight. Why? He's accursed of God, that thy land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ bore the curse for us. He was hanged on a tree. That was no accident, by the way. Now he says here, and notice this, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit how through faith. Now, Israel had the law for 1,500 years. They never made it by law. Peter, you remember, said that. He made that statement very clear, the Council of Jerusalem in Acts 15. He said, we and our fathers, we were not able to keep the law. Why do we want to put the Gentiles under it? Now, if they could not keep it, we cannot keep it. Therefore, God now has made it to those like Abraham. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed which is Christ. And so God had called Abraham, going to make him a blessing to the world. How did he make him a blessing to the world? Through Jesus Christ, my friend. He is the one that has brought salvation to the world. Now, verse 17, And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. Suppose you make a contract with a man, and then about a year later, you've agreed to pay him $100, let's say. Get it down in my size money, $100. And you say, well, I just think I'll pay him $50. And you go and say, here's $50. And the man says, well, wait a minute, you agreed to pay 100 He says, well, I've changed that. The man says, no, you don't. You can't change your contract after it's been made. Now, God made a promise to Abraham. He'd save him by faith. When the law came along, it did not disannul God's promise that he made to Abraham. It was a threefold promise. That, my friend, is very important to see. God saves by faith and the coming of the law never change that one whip. All right, we're going to leave off there. Not moving very fast here. 
But this is important, friends. Oh, how important this section is. Until next time, may God richly bless you, my beloved. We'll hear more on the fascinating topic of faith versus law next time. Meet us right back here as we continue our journey through the New Testament book of Galatians. If you want to invite a friend or family member to join us, have them download the Through the Bible app from their app store. Or if you'd prefer to put all of Dr. McGee's five-year messages in their hands, why don't you check out our Bible Bus flash drive. If you have questions, just call us at 1-800-65-BIBLE or email BibleBus at ttb.org. And if you'd like to continue your study of Galatians this weekend, join us in Galatians chapter 4 for Dr. McGee's Sunday sermon titled, Faith Plus Nothing Equals Salvation. It's a great message. This message is Dr. McGee at his very best. So if you have friends or family members or neighbors who don't yet know the Lord, this message is the one to share. Listen through our app online or at ttb.org, or to see if your station carries the Sunday sermon, visit ttb.org as well. Well, today, that's all we've got for you. I'm Steve Schwartz, praying that God's great grace would be real to you until we meet again. Jesus came Through the Bible exists to take God's whole word to the whole world, and we invite you to stand with us with your faithful prayer and financial support. Where will God's word go today?